Lecture topic: Modesty in dressing. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salam wa ala ibadhi al-nadin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahirrahman al-rahim. وَمَن يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَن تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. Last week we had discussed some aspects about loyalty to Rasulullah Our entire Iman is based on loyalty. Loyalty to Allah Ta'ala and loyalty to Allah's Rasul And if this loyalty shifts somewhere else that that is a very, very major problem. Extremely dangerous, depending on what level of loyalty has left and moved elsewhere, it could endanger and can take a person's iman away. So Rasulullah is our guide. He is the personality who Allah Ta'ala sent to take us out of every kind of ignorance, every kind of deviation, destruction, and take us towards the everlasting success. A mu'min, a mu'min is always successful. A mu'min is successful in dunya also, and he's successful in the akhirat as well. A mu'min if in dunya he also is granted some dunya as we call it, he is granted some comfort, some material wealth, some benefit of dunya as well, that that is an added benefit and then in the akhirat he gets through his iman and his amal, he gets entry into jannat direct entry into Jannat with being obedient to Allah Ta'ala. So he was successful in dunya and successful in akhirat as well. And if supposing he didn't have anything in terms of the material wealth, he is still successful in dunya. What is by Allah Ta'ala is better and everlasting. That is akhirat. So when a person is just passing through a phase, going through a journey, he's just passing through some place on the road, he doesn't pay too much attention to that. If some comfort came to him, some ease, there were some uh, things that he received, they were and good, otherwise he's heading towards his destination, he's not bothered about that. And a disbeliever is unsuccessful in dunya also, and unsuccessful in the akhirat as well. The disbeliever may have any amount of material wealth. Some disbeliever may own the whole of the country. He might own the whole world. 
But that doesn't mean anything. In terms of success, that means nothing. A believer's success is not based on material things and neither does a kafir, a disbeliever having material things mean he is successful. So he is in a deception of success. In reality, that's not success. That's just something very superficial. And then the reality of it will truly open out in the Qabr, on the day of Qiyamah and in Akhirat, that the disbeliever has been prevented from entry into Jannah and it's non-stop azab from the Qabr. Then the reality will open out. So we have to all the time bear this in mind that our success is not in just the aspects of dunya, in material things. That is a secondary matter and Allah Ta'ala has provided the halal na'mats for us to benefit from, but that's not the basis of success. So, in principle, this is the matter that we have to be very conscious of all the time and keep it present in our minds that a mu'min is successful in dunya also and successful in akhirat as well. If there were some apparently difficult conditions, some tests and trials, that too the mu'min makes sabr on it, he turns to Allah Ta'ala and his success increases. His success increases. And if some ease came, he makes shukr, with the shukr his success increases. But his success is based on his iman. So his iman is there, he's successful. His amal, his good actions are there, so he's successful. So any case, be that as it may, the point is that this is the clear distinction. A mu'min is always successful and a disbeliever is totally unsuccessful. Unless the person brings iman, then he'll gain success too. So when this is the reality, then we have to be conscious about this, that those who are on the path of success, what attraction can they be for them in the group that is unsuccessful? Somebody has got, now in terms of just a general example, how people think, a person has got a good house, got a good car, top of the range, house to is a mansion, all the facilities, the comforts, the luxuries, the ease, whatever people generally desire for is all there in that home and the best of food is available, the servants and people to take care of all the needs and all the work and everything is found but people dream about. And so now somebody is living in this kind of mansion with all those servants at their beck and call and uh, several cars, not one, several cars top of the range all available and all the comforts and luxuries and amenities and facilities and everything there. Now this person sees somebody driving on old, as they call it, jalopy, that thing is falling apart, it's got no, the bodywork is half rusted already and there's so many noises that the engine might fall apart also and that person is 
now parked this in his in his house one small little hut and uh, he is even now begging for food so now this person living in the mansion with all these things is envying this person is saying that this person really has got something this person is you know he's very he is getting attracted by this person's car and this person's house now somebody who gets to know about it this person living in this mansion this person driving this top of the range car and he is envious over that person's car and that person's house then say look this person should rather spend his money in getting some treatments should rather spend all his money that he got in getting his mind treated his mental condition is gone off now that is what we think about when we are put in this situation of somebody with that kind of dunya and is envying somebody with something that is falling apart now the same thing we have to understand the same message and the same lesson that in terms of lifestyle in terms of the manner of conducting ourselves the manner of living islam the deen of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the shariat of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam his mubarak way of life this is what we have been blessed with and this is beyond the best description we can't describe how excellent this is it's a different matter if somebody is blind if the person got entirely blind but they got cataracts on their eyes they can't see something clearly there's something that is very very great in front of them but they blind they can't see it that whole treasure is right there but the person didn't know walk past because blind or the person the cataract it sounded like some heap of sand but it was gold so he just walked past looked down upon it and went away so now what can we say to the person who's blind person cataract see get your eyesight treated so we have been blessed with the most beautiful way of life the most excellent manner in every aspect whether it be in terms of the manner of worshiping allah tabaraka wa taala our ibadat right before that even in fact in our aqeedah the most perfect aqeedah is what deen has given us and the amal in terms of ibadat the most perfect way of making ibadat and likewise the most perfect way of muamalat and muasharat our dealings our social life the most beautiful akhlaq and everything about rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam's mubarak life the most excellent rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah taala himself declares wa innaka laala khuluqin azim and in another ayat that laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasana nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was on the peak of every good allah taala says we bless you with the most beautiful example so now this is what we have been blessed with so whether this is in terms of how we love how we dress how we conduct ourselves in our social life how we deal with family members how we deal with others how we conduct ourselves within in our personal matters in everything we have been given the most beautiful way the most beautiful way in every aspect the most excellent manner and this most beautiful and most excellent is filled with the greatest amount of protection the greatest security in it 
at the greatest everything in it. Now somebody who has this, and now the western lifestyle, the western lifestyle is corrupt. It is bankrupt of morals. It's corrupt from all morals. The glossy image that the West gives about itself, but beneath that surface is rot. And if we are not sure about that there is rot in it, then all we have to do is see the outcome of this lifestyle. The outcome of this Western lifestyle, the very glorious picture that it paints about itself. We are a very free person, very free people, and very, very open-minded, and very accommodating, and very this and that. And, you know, what a wonderful time we have. But look at that lifestyle. What is the end result of it? How many families are totally broken apart? There is no sense of morality and shame. And because of this lack of morality and shame, there's broken homes all over the place because of what not goes on. And unfortunately, to the extent that the Muslim communities have borrowed this lifestyle, they are suffering the same consequences. Now somebody who has been blessed with Iman, with Islam, with this most beautiful lifestyle, and they looking down and seeing somebody down there, downtrodden in tatters and torn apart, and filth and muck, and they're looking at them and getting attracted. Now, what a terrible thing this is. Now, we all understand this in terms of the general concept, that how can one ever look in that direction, look down at somebody who's in filth, in muck, and feel attracted to them. So now the thing is, to now bring it to more specifics. If we take what we have taken many, many, many times, and we have to take it many more times, Allah knows best how many more times, how many dozens or hundreds of more times, how much of life is left. If we take just dressing in particular, that dressing in particular, what we had been blessed with, the kind of dressing which is filled with haya, the kind of dressing which is filled with morality and shame, which fulfills the purpose of dressing. So what will be the general principles in such a garment? It will be the principles of being something that covers. It covers in which sense? So neither is it so thin that it doesn't cover the body beneath it, that now it is in some, to some extent, and some degree, it's visible. That cloth is some little bit even transparent in some way. So now that is already a very big problem. It doesn't serve the purpose of clothing. Or then it is covering in that sense, it's thick enough not to be revealing the body itself, but it is not loose enough. It's on the tighter side of things. And as a result, it is revealing the shape of the body. So now that is something which is out of the principle of what the garments or the manner of dressing that Dean has taught. The primary thing is covering. And then there are details to it, what has to be covered in the presence of 
mahrams, what can be uncovered, in the presence of non-mahrams, what has to be covered, etc., etc. That's the further detail. We're just talking about the, nat- the, the, the general nature of the dressing, the aspect of covering. Now the covering is the principle and the foundation on which the manner of deen is in terms of dressing. The way of Rasulullah his Mubarak teachings, the Azwajah Mutahharat, the Banatul Salihat, and the Sahabiyat, their way is covering. And in total opposite to it is the way of the West. It's all about exposure. The way of the West in terms of dressing is all about exposure. So there will be maximum exposure. And just to keep it within certain limits so that in terms of the norms of Western society, it doesn't cross certain lines of their norms. But now just to understand those so-called lines, that for a mu'min, now if you just say 1 to 10, so now you can't come anywhere below 1, because that's 0 now, and 1 is too little actually, it has to come up, it has to come to 2, 3, 5, 7, 10, but now 1 is just at the border, so now the mu'min's border is on 1. But what is the acceptable line in Western lifestyle is minus 105. That's the, that's the line. Now if you cross past minus 105, you go into minus 106 maybe, now they'll, they'll start frowning maybe. And they'll say that, no, no, this is not looking right. Where? At minus 105. And a mu'min... A mu'min's line is at one. That's the minimum. But that is in terms of what is in shariat, what is in the lifestyle of deen, what is in the bare minimums in terms of the way of Rasulullah his Mubarak teachings. So the western norms have gone to minus 105. But unfortunately, unfortunately, if we think about ourselves, we too are sitting in the minus. Maybe we're not minus 105, but can we say we are not in the minus? Can we say we're not in the minus? Maybe while in madrasa, alhamdulillah, but when not in madrasa, if somebody can truly say I'm not in the minus in any way, very good, alhamdulillah, excellent. But how many can say that? Because the type of garments that are generally adopted are against this. And because of the fashions of the West, now that has become the attraction, the filth of the fashions of the West. That has become the attraction. So now, when that has become the attraction, so now I need to have that. Why? Because I have lost track of what is the wealth I have. That's how we think, unfortunately. That what we were granted, what we were blessed with, that beautiful, most excellent way, full of haya and shame and what is truly conducive to what dressing is all about, which fulfills the purpose of dressing. Now with all this having been granted to us, but now that there's some attraction elsewhere. So now that attraction elsewhere, so now things are being taken. So now when we need to now come to some kind of 
well, compromise. So now what is the compromise? Okay, how we'll do the compromise is, the cloak will be obviously now taking care of the Islamic side of things, that now it's loose, well it's supposed to be loose, unfortunately that too is now going in a different direction. So it is loose, it is covering. But then now I need to have the other side of it also. So beneath the cloak will be the western fashion. So in certain circles, I'll walk around, the words might sound a little harsh, but it's just merely meant for us to reflect. It's merely meant for us to reflect. It's not a taunt on anybody. We are not in any position to taunt anyone, but we all have to remind one another and reflect on the realities. We have to face Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. We have to come in front of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We will have to stand our mothers and sisters in front of the Azwaj Mutahharat, the Banatul Salihat, the Sahabiyat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now, how are we going to face them on that day? We have to reflect on this. So now what we are saying is, that in certain circles, within family circles maybe, within friends, within certain circles, we'll walk around in the garments of the Yahudiyah. So, within and inside, closer to ourselves, we have adopted the ways of the Yahudiyah and covered it up with the way of the Muslimah. So, outwardly Muslimah, and under that, the words are harsh, Yahudiyah and Nasraniyah. Not in aqidah and belief, but in manner of dressing. In manner of dressing, Yahudiyah and Nasraniyah inside and outside Muslimah. So now we're trying to make it a 50-50 thing. So 50-50. But Allah Ta'ala doesn't want this 50-50. Allah doesn't appreciate this. On the day of Qiyamah, we can't stand in front of Rasulullah Wasallam and say, you know, we were 50-50. 50% we took yours, but we couldn't take all because we wanted the other side also. We wanted to have that tights and whatever else to be also part of our lifestyle. Otherwise, we would have been out of place in the western dominated world. And then how are we going to just appear to be ummatis of Rasulullah We had to look like we are also part of the other cultures as well. Na'uzubillahi min zalik. Now this is the very very delicate thing. We were speaking about the loyalty to Rasulullah last week and previous days as well. Now this is a very important aspect which is so... The, the issue has become so widespread that to think differently also has become a problem. Has become very difficult. Can't think otherwise. Sometimes it will be, well now, that's how everybody is. So if everybody is doing something silly, we have to do the same. If somebody is doing something that's wrong, we have to do the same. It's wrong is wrong. It cannot become right because everybody is doing it. Something wrong is wrong, no matter who does it. Doesn't matter who does it. If it's wrong in the light and in the eyes of Shariat, and in the eyes of the Mubarak way of into our whatever things we have, filled up in our homes. No, we have to look first deep down into our hearts. Because it all starts off with the heart. 
what is in the heart, the heart is attracted to what? Where is the attraction of the heart? If the heart is attracted to something, that is what will then be externally available. If the heart is attracted to what is in the life of Rasulullah meaning in his Mubarak lifestyle, in the way of the Sunnah, what has been the way that the azwaj mutahharat and the banatu salihat and the sahabiyat, noble sahabiyat, what they have left as a legacy and the pious woman of every era, what they have left as a legacy, if that is what the attraction is towards, then that is what will be all around. Things that are conducive to that. But if there's attraction in another direction, then that is the direction in which things will go, that kind of garments, they will say, no, but this is not outside the house, it's inside the house only. It's only among friends, only among cousins maybe, and among this and that and the other. But is it among the things that Allah is happy with? Is it among the things that Rasulullah is going to be pleased with? Is it among the things that we can be happy that this is how we lived our life and we are happy to stand in front of Nabi Islam on the day of Qiyamah and say, well, this is how I lived my life. This is what I adopted as my dressing, as my choice. I had a choice between different things. I chose this. I chose to wear jeans. Why I chose to wear jeans? The t-shirt, the tight-footing garments, the tights and whatever else. Why I chose this? Because people from the West were doing it, so then I felt it attractive. Now nobody will say it in so many words, but what else? Why else? Why didn't we adopt the flowing garments of the people of Nigeria, for example? They also wear some kind of traditional dress and maybe other. Why this? Because there was something that we felt was attractive here. Why we felt it attractive? Because we are living in a society where the western lifestyle is dominating, so now we want to conform. So that creeps in, because now otherwise it will seem out of place. So somebody took it from there, so now others now associating with that person, they also started getting influenced. So now that, that influence the circle grows and grows by people who now get influenced further and then suddenly that becomes a norm. And then now somebody who is not wanting to conform to that norm, they look very odd. They look very odd. And it seems like they are now in another planet now. They are not, they're not living in this world. They are gone somewhere else. We are heading towards the month of Rabi Ul Awwal. It's now just on our doorstep almost. When the month of Rabi Ul Awwal comes, people become very, very conscious about the Mubarak Seerat of Rasulullah wasallam. The Seerat of Rasulullah wasallam is not something to be confined to the month of Rabi Ul Awwal. It is for every part of the year. It is all round. But people somehow become more conscious, well, in the Mubarak month of well, in the month of Rabi'ul Awal, the Mubarak birth of Rasulullah took place also. And he left this dunya also in the month of Rabi'ul Awal. Though the actual date is in much contention among the historians, whatever date is famously known, but the actual date, there's no certainty about it in terms of the historians. It's very difficult to say with certainty. There's many different views about it. That's not the topic for now. 
the point is that these this definitely very Mubarak event happened in Rabi Awal but the Seerat is for all year round the Seerat, Mubarak Seerat of Rasulullah is for all year round but in any case now when Rabi Awal comes people now become more conscious of the Seerat and there will be some talks on Seerat for example etc well and good if it's, something is done within the limits well and good but the point again is now what is the seerat, what impact have we taken of the seerat in our lives? And in terms of our dressing, in terms of our appearance, our conduct, our manner, what are we becoming ambassadors of? What kind of labels we are showing? What kind of styles we are displaying? Are we becoming billboards for the western lifestyle? Or are we becoming an example of the Mubarak Sunnah? of the beautiful lifestyle of Rasulullah of the haya of deen, of the Mubarak way of the Sahabiyat. This is what we have to reflect on. This is what we have to think very deeply. This is not a 50-50 situation. Allah Ta'ala doesn't want 50-50 from us. Allah Ta'ala says, اُدْخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ Enter into Islam fully. Not 50% to Islam and 50% in New York. So now a person wants to be going to Madina Munawara, then he'll have to sit in the vehicle or in that flight that goes to Madina Sharif. He can't be expecting that he's going to fly halfway to Madina Sharif and halfway to New York and reach Madina Sharif still. So he won't reach Madina Sharif in that manner. We want to reach Madina Sharif, but we're boarding the flight to New York and Paris and all these places where Nabi Wasallam is being Nauzubillah, insulted, and his Mubarak way of life is being mocked. And that's where we want to be. Obviously we're not talking about the place. We're talking about the culture that comes from these places. So we need to become focused towards what is the reality. Think carefully. Look deep down in our hearts. Where is our attraction? Acquaint ourselves with the Mubarak Sirad. Make excessive Guru Sharif upon Nabi Sallallahu part of our daily routine and read about his Mubarak life, read about what sacrifices he made for the Ummad and let this in kindle the Mubarak, the love of the of Rasulullah in our hearts so that when the love of Nabi is really kindled, then we love everything about him. We love his Mubarak way in every matter, whether it's dressing, whether it's haya, whether it's any matter. And we'll want to live a lifestyle in that manner. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we shun ways that are not in accordance to the Mubarak way of Rasulullah and may Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of ad- adopting his way of life in every facet, every aspect of life wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama asnaita ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم 
وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله